turn to Proverbs chapter one. Proverbs chapter one. Okay, if you're between the ages of five and 20, raise your hand. Between the ages of five and 20. All right, pretty even spread across the board. If you're between the ages of 21 and 40, raise your hand. And if you're between the ages of 41 and up, raise your hand. You know, one thing I've heard people say about our church is like, it's amazing the, the even spread of ages that we have here. And I think that's wonderful as well. That's how it should be. Everyone from every area and age of life dwelling together. But if you were supposed to be in Summit Kids today, I personally asked for you to be in here because of the message that we're going through, because this is one that I wanted us to experience together, okay? So we're going we're gonna to learn about wisdom. Last week, we learned about the beginning of wisdom as we're going through this August series called The Wisdom of Christ in the book of Proverbs. And last week, we heard that the beginning of wisdom is this, it's fear, so let me ask you this question. Everyone here, you're seeing on the screen, here's the question. Who do you fear? And I say who and not what, because I want to know what type of person or who is it in your life you fear. You know what? We're supposed to fear God. And look, God is the creator. When you look out in his creation from the way our bodies made, the way our brains work, to, to animals who are fierce and powerful, to the galaxy and the universe, which by the way, I got up at like, well, I didn't get up, but I went outside around 1030 last night along with my kids because we heard about this Perseids meteor, meteor shower. And we looked up hoping to see something and out of nowhere, a stream of like 30 or 40 meteors just traveling across the sky like a train before our eyes. And we just stood out there for the next hour in awe of God's creation. I think fearing God is appropriate now, I think we misunderstand that all the time because we're like, why should I fear God? You absolutely should fear God because it's appropriate to have a terror, a sense of, of, of standing before something that's more powerful, that's bigger, that has the capacity to destroy us. It is appropriate to fear that. Just like we would fear this tiger coming out for us. The appropriate response of fear, that's very appropriate. But God controls that animal. God controls the tornado that destroys. All of that obeys him. The beginning of wisdom is the fear of God. Because it means this. If you fear God, it means this. You care about what he thinks about you. You, you care about what he likes. You want to like what he likes. You want to love what he loves. You want to hate what he hates. If you fear him, you're going to want to be like him. But if you don't fear him and you fear someone else, then you will apply all of that beginning of wisdom fear to someone else and you'll care about what they think about you, what they like, what they love, what they hate, and then you'll mold your life to be like them. God in all of his power chose to not do something to his creation that rebelled against him and deserved to be destroyed through their sin. God chose to send his one and only son to die on a cross to save us, to redeem us, to, to show patience, to stay his hand of wrath 
and to make a way for people who do not know him to know him and be saved. I love Romans chapter five, eight. God demonstrates his love for us in that while we are still sinners, Christ died for us. God doesn't, he comes and he dies for the ungodly. He doesn't die for those who deserve it. He doesn't give up his only son when we've already turned to him and like him. He does it when we are running from him and enemies with him. He dies for his enemies. So this makes him even more awesome more big, his meekness that he pours out, that though he has the power to crush us, he uses and stays that power and he uses the power to save us should even more so cause us to fear him. And the Bible says to fear him like that, to revere him, to be in awe of him, to see him as the one who deserves everything from us will begin you on this path of wisdom. But too often, here's who we fear. This is what life looks like for us. We're so aware of what people are doing around us, what the world, what our people group, what our friends, people our age, what's popular. That's what we hear all the time. And we fear people. And it sets us on a path of foolishness, literally stupidity, ignorance. It sets us on a path. And the Bible says that the fear of man is a snare. You know what it is? It's a trap. And if if you are a good fearer of man like I am and struggle with, then you understand what that snare is like when you're caught in it and you're trying to please everyone and you can't. All the while, God's like, hey, the freedom is take your eyes off people around you and fear me and don't worry about what anyone else thinks. Be fools in other people's eyes if you have to and fear me alone. Care only about what I think. If you read the book of 2 Corinthians, you learn that he's trying to encourage the people that their commendation comes from God. That's the only one they need to worry about. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Proverbs 1.7, you'll see it on the screen. This is what we introduced last time. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now, here's what we're gonna focus on today. So we set things up last week. Last week was incomplete. If you just had last week, you'd be like, okay, what do I do with the book of Proverbs? We had to set the heart up right, get the fear of the Lord right. Proverbs is for those who are wise already because they fear the Lord. If, if you do not fear God, the Proverbs will mean nothing to you. Because look, at the last part of this verse. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Actually, let's highlight that. Let's bring that up. Let's make it even. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So if you're living under your parents today, I really want you paying attention. This isn't just for you, kids. This is for all of us. But we're gonna see a metaphor today of a father talking to a son. We're gonna see how wisdom uh, uh, presents itself, how, the, the, how, it, how it is like, what wisdom is like versus what foolishness is like. And this is what we want to avoid. We do not want to be fools or stupid, ignorant, not smart in other words, or the type of people who act inappropriate, who don't fear the things they should fear and fear things that they shouldn't. That's what a fool is. No one wants to be a fool Right off the bat, in verse seven, the book of Proverbs presents two ways for us to go. There's a path of wisdom that can only be taken through the fear of the Lord, or there is the path of foolishness. And he gives us a little hint of what fools do. They despise, hate, and their gut cannot stand wisdom or instruction. If you look back at the beginning of chapter one, the whole book was written to know to receive discipline and instruction. 
Wisdom is this. Wisdom is the ability, the discernment, knowing what to say, what not to say, knowing what to do, what not to do. Knowing, having the wisdom, the skill, the ability to live in life in a discerning way. Not just knowledge. Knowledge will puff you up. Wisdom is the ability to know what to do in the circumstances of life that would equal wise, that would equal what Jesus would do. Fools despise that. They do not want to learn. And they, dis- they hate instruction, which is discipline, which is this. Reproof, a voice coming to us to say, you're wrong. You should do it this way, not this way. Hate it. Hate it. I don't think any one of us are lining up to want to hear people critique us and tell us how we should improve our life. But if you hate that, if you avoid that, if you rebel against that every time that comes into your life, you are the fool because the fools despise and hate that. Okay, so here's what I'm gonna give you today. As we get into Proverbs 1, verses eight through 19, here's a word that we're going to look at. Remember this, lion, L-I-O-N, lion. Remember this and it will protect you from the path of the fool. So I've kind of given you my outline. We've got to get a little, uh, this acrostic here or this, uh, uh, this, this word that's going to mean certain things. So from the kids to the parents, I want you to remember a lion. Wisdom will protect you from a path of death, It'll be like the lion of Judah that's walking beside you, destroying all foolishness that comes along. Lion, and here's what it means. Here's the words. Listen, ignore, open. Look at that last one. That one's interesting, right? Nix. Well, when we get there, I'll tell you what that means, all right? So we're ready? We're taking notes? We're ready to do this? Here we go. Proverbs chapter one, verse eight. Listen to your parents, verse eight. Hear, my son, your father's instruction and forsake not your mother's teaching for they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. Parents, do not check out because listen is the main word the metaphor is of a father speaking to a son and yet, and lest we make the mistake to think that this chapter is only for kids and our kids, the metaphor is that wisdom is like a father talking to a son. We should be like the son who's willing to listen, not just to our parents. Your parents may not even be here. Your parents may not be in the life. The, the all uh, comprehensive people groups is listen to wisdom. You can still be out of your parents' house, out from underneath your parents' uh, ruling and authority and still miss this and not listen to wisdom when it comes your way. So the point that we're trying to make for all of us is listen. But children, if you're still young, I would say if you're still under the age of 25, especially under the ages of 20, the first thing that you can do to be wise is understand what you don't know. The beginning of Proverbs says that the point is to give instruction and discipline and wisdom to the simple and to the youth because you're still just early in life and if you spend your whole youth trying to prove that you're not a youth, you'll miss out on all the wisdom instruction that's trying to come to you. 
So listen to your parents. Your parents are imperfect, but wisdom and the path of wisdom says, open your ears and hear that word hear is not just you heard the noise. That word here is that you've listened intently and intelligently to what your parents are trying to say to you. Before we dissect this verse, let's have some fun here. All right, I want you to look at the screen. Let me ask you this question. I'm going to give you some pictures. I'm going to give you some, some scenarios, and you tell me, just logically based off these scenarios, who you want to listen to, who you would naturally listen to, who you want to listen to. How about when it comes to learning how to cook? Do you want to listen to this guy, or do you want to listen to this guy who can't even make cereal? Right? The guy on the left or the guy on the right? Who? On the left, right? Gordon Ramsay. How about if you want to learn to shoot three-pointers if you're a basketball player? Do you want to listen to Steph Curry on the left? You want to listen to him like he's going to teach you? Or do you want to listen to Shaq? You ever seen Shaq try to shoot a free throw, let alone a three-pointer? Let me tell you, who are you going to spend time with? Who are you going to listen to? Steph Curry. Why? Why Gordon Ramsay? Why Steph Curry? All right? How about this next one? What if you want to learn to do backflips? And you have the opportunity to learn from either Simone Biles or John Daly. Who, who are you going to allow to teach you how to do backflips? Now, if you want to learn to golf, John Daly can help you out. If you also want to learn how to smoke 70 packs a day, then he'll help you out with that too. Um, how about this? Who do you want to teach you how to live? When it comes to, to life, when it comes to those who have experience with life, do do you want your parents to teach you? Or do you want the gang to teach you? Now, this is a surreal picture. And the reason I'm using this picture is because Proverbs 1 is actually gonna talk about the gang, especially for the youth, how the youth are so uniquely pulled away by the groups of people who have neglected wisdom and who want fast, easy money and willing to do crime to get it. Now, if you talk to these guys behind bars right now, they actually, some of them probably have some wisdom because they've learned the hard way and it might be good to listen to them. Say, hey, don't go the path that I'm going. But you know what? Maybe that's too surreal. What about these two guys? You wanna listen to these two guys? And I don't know it's outdated. Jasper, you're bringing up something outdated. These guys aren't even relevant anymore. It's the island boys, if you remember. If you don't know, then you're on the path of wisdom. <laughs> and your brain cells have not been deteriorated by just the, the time wasted listening to them. But here you go, you have youth who have, who have made about $2.5 million on social media, right? And you're watching and you're learning about how you could probably make fast cash and how you could tailor your life and the personification, the thing that you could take on and be like, the path you could run with so you could get money, right? right? So maybe it's not the gang that entices you. Maybe that's like too scary. Maybe it's not the island boys. Maybe they're too cringy, right? Maybe it's just TikTok in general. Maybe it's just social media in general that you're like your whole life and your whole wisdom and everything that you're learning, everything that you're taking cues from, you're learning from is just the social media that you so desperately want the recognition and even the money from, right? I'm not just talking to those under 20, Talking to all of us right now, what, what plagues us? Like, what, what is the way the enemy's coming in and who is he enticing us with? What, is we, what are we being enticed? Who are the people we fear? Who are the people we want the recognition from? 
And we live in a time to where you could get the recognition of the world just through your phone. And, and what would you be willing to do in front of your camera in order to get the recognition and the money ultimately? Because this is what we're going to. The love of money is the root of all evil and this is what fuels all of this. But you know what? Maybe it doesn't come in those forms. Really, here's what it ends up looking like. It ends up looking like our peers. Like, like when we're just enjoying life and we're going to day to day, it's just, hey, other people and I love them and I have fun with them and I want to run with them and do what they do and, and, and let's just enjoy life together, right? That's, that's how it's posed to us. That's how it first comes and then Proverbs shows up and it starts to speak to us like a father in a non-flashy type way, in a chuggy uh, no riz at all type way and start giving us some, some wisdom and we don't want to listen because there's nothing alluring about it because it's coming from mom and dad, right? Well, let's go back to the verse here. Let me ask you something. If you are under the age of 20 and especially if you still live with your parents and I'm, I'm trying not to make an assumption about you, I'm just speaking, speaking as I feel led. Because there are many, I believe, most of you that I know are great honoring children. You love your parents. You're, you're trying to figure out life as well. But realistically, do you think you will be wiser or dumber 10 years from now? No one would say, yeah, I'm going to be dumber as the years go on. But yet when it comes to our parents who have had the years go on, who have been where we've been, who have walked the path we've walked, who are now in a unique position to where they would lay their life down for us and have the experience like Steph Curry, like Gordon Ramsay, who have the experience, we toss their wisdom and instruction to the side. Why would you do that? Only if you're foolish. In the Old Testament, this was so serious. It's actually one of the 10 commandments for children to honor their parents. And then to rebel against the discipline and advice of your parents was so egregious. If you go and read in Deuteronomy chapter 21, I believe, that if you had a son that was rebellious and would not respond to discipline, they were to take this child with the elders of the town, go out to the edge of the town and stone him to death and purge the evil from among them so that the rest would be in fear. Because we do not fear the things we should naturally fear. We do a good job fearing the tiger and the tornado. But we do not fear God. And that shows in how we treat our parents. How are you treating your parents, kids? Do you think they're dumb? Do you think they're foolish? Do you think they're idiots? Do you think they're just, they're just so cringy that they're not worth listening to? Now, are you able to take my instruction right now? If you're listening right now and in your heart's being shut up, that's a sign that you're despising wisdom and instruction. You can't handle it when it comes to you. On the path of the fool, turn around. The path of the fool we're gonna see is the path of death. Now, parents, all of us, when advice comes to us to try to change us and make us better, when the wisdom of Christ, which confronts us in reproof and rebuke, which is gonna come from one another, our peers as well, how do you respond? So lest we say, yeah, get our kids. Is there a situation in our life where people are trying to talk to us? We know that they're right. They're telling us wisdom and we're despising it. We ourselves are just as guilty of what we're mad at our kids for. Honoring and obeying your parents is literally a matter of life and death. Wisdom and foolishness is a matter of life 
and death. I'm not just making it up. The passage is going to reveal this. So look at it. Listen to your parents. Hear my son, your father's instruction. It's like a father telling you what to do, what not to do. And forsake not your mother's teaching for they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. And here we are two, many thousand years later, it's like, hey, well, okay, what is that? Think about like the garland around the Christmas tree is decorative. Think about jewelry that, that represents, it's beautiful. Basically what wisdom is saying is, I'm offering something that will make you valuable. I'm offering something that's gonna turn you into a person that's going to, to emit beauty and wisdom and authority, but what wisdom is trying to keep you from is the enticement that we're gonna see of the people who are gonna try to show you how to get fast cash and promise you something that's valuable, but in the end, it's just death. Wisdom may not, at at the start, be super shiny like we want it, but if you're willing to listen. Now, kids, let me give you some, some advice. Young person, If you're able to recognize you're young and honor and obey not just your parents but adults, talk less and as the New Testament says, be an example and not fight back and simply be the example of how people should be, I'm telling you, you you will be the most respected person from adults because everyone expects youth to be like the stereotype, to just roll their eyes and ignore all wisdom and instruction. You have a pretty good opportunity and most your age are simply going in the same path of foolishness. You will stand out in a wonderful way and you will get the attention of all adults if you're able to honor and be wise and humble and not arrogant and not shoot off at the mouth and listen. You will have great influence and power even with older people because you'll be an example for them, maybe in the areas where they're struggling with. A graceful garland to your head and a pendant on your neck. As I did some research on this, there wasn't much. We don't know much about it, but there's a chance that when he talks about the pendant on the neck, he's referring to a a pendant that the Egyptians wore that symbolized eternal life, which I thought was interesting because, again, he's trying to show how wisdom leads to life, folly leads to death. So lion, remember lion, the first one is this, listen, say it with me, listen to sage advice, listen to your parents, kids. What about this one? The eye of lion is this, do this next, listen to your parents, listen to sound advice and do this, ignore the peer pressure, ignore the voices around you, ignore all the chatter, ignore all the people who are trying to entice you to run with them and there are plenty of voices today. And with us living a time when you can see on the screen, you can put on your, your, your phone, you can hear the voices more than any other culture before us. You can hear thousands of people, groups, and voices telling you, believe what they believe. Go their way. Do their thing. Ignore them. Verse 10 says this, my son, the father talking son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If sinners entice you, don't give in to it. Then look at verse 15. He says, my son, do not walk in the path with them. Hold back your foot from their path. Right? So you have these two warnings of the father and in between sandwich a description that we're going to read. 
Do not consent to them enticing, which is like this. Come on, come on, let's do it. Come on, right, right, let's go, let's go. No, come on, forget that. No, let's go. You don't, no, let's go. Enticing, the tempting, the drawing. It's like the bait for the fish that's trying to lure you in. And then look at this description he gives. Look at verse 11 through 14. He says, if they say, come with us, let us lie and wait for blood. Let us ambush the innocent without reason. Like Sheol, let us swallow them alive and whole like those who go down to the pit. Now at this point, when I was reading this, I'm like, this isn't relevant for our people at all. This isn't relevant for me. I'm like, I don't know any one of us, at least to my knowledge, who are enticed and tempted to go shed innocent blood, to go prowl and wait for people, to ambush them, and to take them down to their grave. What's alluring about that? Who, who in their right mind is like, say, like, yeah, I'm, I'm good, but you have to finish what he's saying here. There's a reason these people, and he's giving the extreme example, he's trying to show you what those on the path to fool, what they're really like, what's really deep in their heart. Here's the reason why they would do those things, and this is where it brings in the temptation. Verse 13, we shall, we shall find all precious goods. We shall fill our houses with plunder, Throw in your lot among us and we will all have one purse. So the young person is being warned essentially about gangs or the gang or the group of people that want to bring him in and turn him or her into family, a place to belong, right? That's why it's so inviting my peers who want me to be a part of them, who who are going to help give me a purpose and identity. And that purpose and identity involves bloodshed. It involves sin. It involves horrible evil. But... It's worth it because here's the allure, fast cash, easy money, all types of precious goods that we'll be able to take and have instantly without the hard work. Now, when I started to think about it like that, and I'm like, that is the culture we're living in, is it not? Don't want to work for anything, feel entitled, feel like it's owed to it. People not afraid to go and punch an old lady in the street and then take all of her money and run with it. enticing children, the young people, all day long. And that's only growing. It's this spirit that's moving through the youth. It's the spirit that's moving through people that are gonna try to wanna get things that are valuable at the expense of others. It's the culture we live in. Such evil that people would be willing to do now, if you're here as a kid, you're like, wow, why did he have me coming here for this service? This is like, I'm just struggling with Sam taking my popsicle, you know, at recess. The warning is to children, it comes young. I want you to hear you wise, listen to your pastor, listen to your parents. They're trying to warn you about evil people. They're out there and this is what they're like. They don't always present themselves immediately like this, but they'll pull you in and then you, they'll make you follow what they want you to do. The same goes for us as adults. Ignore the pressure of those who are important to us and our mind as well, who we tend to fear. Fear the Lord only. Ignore the peer pressure. You have this promise of special goods. 
I mean, let's, let's, let's get some relevance. Maybe we're not tempted to want to shed innocent blood, but maybe we are tempted to embezzle a little bit of money. Maybe we're tempted to commit a little bit of fraud if we can think we can get away from it. Maybe we're tempted to just steal something when someone's not watching, but all of that's at the expense of others. All of that is actually hurting other people. And it's you getting something that you didn't work for, right? Maybe it starts as simple as the video games you play where you just don't want to actually do the work and follow the rules that even the video game require and you want to use all the cheat codes, right? All of that is something, there's a spirit there. You want the end without the work. That's the spirit that's bad. That's the spirit that will grow and build into a type of person that would do these types of things. Listen even to the, to the economics of the matter. Hey, throw your lot in among us. We'll have one purse. We're going to steal from people. We're going to throw it into a purse and we're going to divide it amongst us. Sounds like uh, the foolish person was a communist and a socialist. Right? All types of good reasons of why we should do these types of things that are honorable and noble, helping the poor. All the while, it's just rich, greedy people trying to get more at the expense of others. You know, the wisdom of God in the New Testament says this, if a man does not work, he does not eat. This is God speaking to the church. You have a man among you. Something is wrong if he's not willing to work. He doesn't work, then you don't feed him. God's trying to teach them a lesson. It's a matter of eternal life and eternal death here. We do not distract people from learning the lessons that God's trying to teach them to hopefully lead them to their needs where they'll beg for repentance and receive that. And then their life will be transformed by wisdom into a person now who'll be light and hope for the rest of the people stuck in the darkness in the world. So we listen to sage advice. Kids, we listen to our parents. We ignore their peer pressure and then we do this, lion. We open our eyes to the traps of those who are trying to tempt us and entice us. Open your eyes to the trap. Look at verse 16. He says, my son, do not walk in the way with them. Hold back your feet from their paths for their feet run to evil. Their feet run run to evil. They make haste to shed blood. And then he says this, for in vain is a net spread in the sight of any bird, but these men lie in wait for their own blood. They set an ambush for their own life. Scripture says bad company corrupts good morals. You run with bad company, any one of us, especially guys like this, We think on the surface it's going to be a means to quick and easy solutions and money and fun and adventure and acceptance. But really what's happening behind the scenes is a trap is being laid, but it's being laid for themselves. Now, let me talk to you about this verse because this is something interesting here. We can understand the first part. Their feet run to evil. We understand, okay, what they're doing is very wrong and evil. Why would you ever want to take part of that? For in vain, though, here's what's interesting. For in vain is a net spread in the sight of any bird. Here's an example of Proverbs when you come across something where you're supposed to stop and think about it. Like, okay, that seems significant. It's a metaphor. How is this supposed to help the message that Solomon's saying here? Well, if you look at the Hebrew, the word net, a net is spread is not there in the Hebrews. They're just trying, the, the authors, the translators are trying to make sense of this as well. It literally reads the in the sight of a bird, 
a net strewn is in vain. So there's two ways we could take this, right? And both make the foolish people look bad. We could take it like this. Like, hey, you can't throw a, a net out in the sight of a bird to try to trick him because he'll see the trap and it's never going to work. And so you're supposed to think, okay, so a bird has a bird's eye view, he sees the trap, he knows it's a trap, and he avoids it. And so then you equate that the net spreaders are the foolish people here who, who are trying to trap others and they can't, they just trap themselves. It could mean that. I thought it meant that initially when I saw that, like, hey. But then as I thought about it more, read it more, considered the, the translation, think about this. A, a bird doesn't distinguish between a trap or tasty morsels. Like the bird is not wise enough to understand when you're laying at a trap and then when you put food on it, it's just gonna walk into the trap, take the food because that's what it wants and it'll be caught in its own trap. That seems to be more of the understanding here because he's talking about these people who are foolish who don't realize that they're throwing, a, they're throwing a net out to try to ambush people. They can see it, they're doing it. It's right before their eyes and they don't even realize that, that they jump in the trap to try to grab the precious goods. It's like Indiana Jones trying to... <laughs> right, and then the boulder starts chasing them to kill them. Right? This is a trap that they're laying They are the bird here that's going to get caught because all they're going to be able to see is, ooh, food, shiny, good, grab. And they'll be caught in their own trap. Wisdom is trying to tell you to listen to your parents. Wisdom is trying to tell you to ignore the voices and the peer pressure around you that's evil. Wisdom is trying to already open your eyes to what's really going on. And if you listen to the voice, then you'll be able to see it when the people or the kids at school come to you and try to entice you to run with them. You can know on the back of your head, yeah, it might look good, it might sound not as cringy as my parents talking to me, but I know what's on the other side of running with them. I don't care about what they think of me, I don't care about being popular or accepted by them, I'm accepted by God and that's all that matters. And I wanna be the type of kid who grows up and makes an impact and a difference in the world, not contributes to the horrible corruption of the world. That's the type of spirit that I want to see, that your parents want to see, that is in you, that God's trying to bring out inside of you to be the type of kid that makes a difference, who's like Jesus, who lays his life down. She lays her life down like Jesus did for the rest of the world, and her her deeds are remembered for eternity. This is who God's trying to turn us into. Wisdom is trying to make these type of children. Open your eyes to the trap. Verse 19 says this, such are the ways of everyone who is greedy for unjust gain. It takes away the life of its possessors. So this is where it all comes in and the metaphor kind of gets exited and he includes all of us. This isn't just for kids. This is the case for anyone who has a greed and like a desire for unjust gain. I want to gain something valuable And I'll do anything possible to get it, even sin, even shed blood. Which brings us to this final part of the word lion. You listen, ignore, open your eyes, and then finally this, nix. You ever heard that word? I was going to use the word neutralize, and I thought, you know, with kids here, like, that that one's a, no, no. Hold up your hand. Everybody hold up their arm like this. Nix, there's that X in the word Nix means to stop. As a noun, it means nothing, 
to nix, to do, to do that means to stop. Nix. And what are we nixing? What are we stopping? Our evil desires. He says here, such are the ways of everyone who is greedy for unjust gain. So now we're getting to the heart of the matter. Why would anyone struggle with these types of temptations and being enticed to live this type of way? It's because what Jesus says, that evil originates within the heart of a person and and out of them flow evil desires. And, And this is at the heart of the gospel. God's trying to transform us from the inside out. This is what must be dealt with. This is what wisdom's trying to deal with is the evil desires that live within every single one of us. So let me give you a few verses. James 1 says this. You come to the New Testament. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. Pay attention, but each one, everyone, we can raise our hand, each one, every single one of us, and here's the word, is lured and enticed by what? These evil people? Is it the gangs really that are enticing? Is it, is it the people that we fear? No, lured and enticed by our own desires that the enemy uses people knowing our desire to lure us with. You have things with inside of your heart that you want so bad, you don't fight against you. You try to fuel and you try to feed. And James is saying, you are lured and enticed by your own desires. Then desire when it is conceived, when you give into it, gives birth to sin. What are the wages of sin? Death. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. You read the book of James, you'll find out like, whoa, he really was studying the book of Proverbs, it seems, when he wrote this. The life, it takes away the life of its possessors. Our desires have to be dealt with. This is the problem. And the personification or the person who is wisdom, which is Jesus Christ, shows up to do what we could not and to save us and then bring us his spirit and give us his spirit so that we could once and for all say no to these evil desires. We, that's why we cannot take the path of wisdom if we're not changed first in the heart by God. We can't just open up the book of Proverbs and treat it like a rule book. You can't do that with the law either. You need to be changed and then the Proverbs can make you a wise person to increase in learning and understanding. So I wanna finish with this verse in Romans chapter six. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we also live with him. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him for the death he died to sin. He died to sin once for all. He died for everyone. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourself, know that you are dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. And here we come back to the book of Proverbs where wisdom at the very beginning like a father who's trying to set beside you this lion who will protect you from the path of the fool that will lead to death and destruction. And he's saying to children from Old Testament to New Testament, there's something about listening, honoring, and obeying your parents. You don't have to understand it, but be the wise person and listen and grow from the wise people in your life. And then for the rest of us, God is constantly bombarding us with wisdom from people, from his word, from brothers and sisters around us. Are we listening as well? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for 
your guidance. Thank you that you shed light on things. Thank you for everyone in this room. God, thank you for those who are young, those who are old. Thank you for our church. But God, we do not, as we're gonna learn next week, naturally walk the path of wisdom. It takes work and we need your help. We cannot do it alone. Thank you that you've not left us alone and you provide a way that wisdom cries in the streets that she is there. And God, you are always trying to help us step off the path of foolishness and onto the path of wisdom, which is life. Thank you that Jesus has made that way possible. And we pray all this in his beautiful name. Amen.